Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! I've gotten a golden goose, one of the many golden gooses, one of the many golden geese that a lot of people have asked for. Larry Carpenter joined me for a chat a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago now. And this one had to be over FaceTime. This was my fault because uh, Xfinity sucks. If you have Xfinity, you get random outages. There it is. Um, Speaking of outages, but you get random outages and it sucks, especially when you work from home. And my wife works from home 24 seven or, you know, her normal job is eight hours a day works from home. And with my job with Covenant, uh, I work from home on occasion. So far, I haven't been affected by any outages, but my wife is all the time. And this one happened to be a biggie the day that I interviewed Larry Carpenter. And so we did it over FaceTime, so that's why it sounds a little different. And it is what it is. It's nobody's fault. Um, But he was ready to go, and I just said, hey, man, I don't have internet, so we're doing this over the 5G. So that's what we did. Um, the uh, The interview was fun, man. I, you know, I don't, I didn't really know Larry Carpenter. Again, I always say that I now that I know these people, I don't really, you know, I know them as as well as you know them because of this podcast sometimes. But uh, I do have this sort of connection with them now, where uh, and I typically say at the end when we're done recording, you know, hey, make sure you come shake my hand if we've never met in person. I've met Larry in person. We just have never chatted this long, right? And that's part of the selfish side of me doing this podcast. Speaking of doing the podcast, I finally bit the bullet and I opened a Patreon. I've already got one, hey, one patron on Patreon. And that's cool. And I'm going to release stuff ad-free on there on one level. And with this um, playwright series, I'm going to release the playwright series on there as well. And then eventually release those pods later on. Um, maybe when it's too late for you, but at least you'll get to know them. But I'm going to release those playwright series. I've already put one up there on Patreon, um, one interview. So there are two up there now. I'm going to put this Larry Carpenter one up there uh, right at, right when I get done recording this intro. Uh, but join the Patreon. I'm going to put the link in the bio. I'm going to put the link to buy a shirt. There are not just Minor Wisdom shirts on there. Um, some of you might have seen online. I believe it was Melissa Stuff that had her I Am a Theater Teacher shirt. And I'm happy to keep selling those to you all uh, to help keep this podcast rolling, rolling, rolling. So yeah, um, happy to do that. So join the Patreon, please. Uh, I just got home from a seven-year-old's birthday party and it was an all, pretty much all girl birthday party, except for two boys. Uh, the funny thing is, is almost all the girls brought their dads. So that was kind of cute. Uh, I was, I don't want to say dreading going, but it was a three hour, seven year old birthday party. And it ended up being uh, a quick three hours. It was a lot of fun. It was at the schoolhouse. Everybody swam except for the adults. But uh, there was a kid there uh, that I saw this hat he was wearing and it was the little league world series hat. And so I said, Hey man, were you on that Needville team? And he was like, I was, yes, sir. And it was this kid that was in the little league world series on the Needville team. Like I I was like, do, am I supposed to get his autograph? Am I supposed to ask to ask a 12 year old? A, why is a 12 year old at a seven year old's 
party. I think it was a family friend. I don't know. I didn't ask. But uh, B, do I ask a 12-year-old for their autograph? I mean, he could go on to be something. I mean, what happens in 10 years if I see him on my TV and I'm like, well, gosh darny, I could have gotten his autograph when he was 12. Well, it turns out, fast forward like a few minutes later, and he ended up uh, hitting my daughter with um, some stick in the stomach. So now if we see that guy in 10 years, that kid who will be a man in 10 years, if we see him in 10 years, I can be like, that's the guy, Eleanor, who will be 17 at the time. That's the guy who hurt your stomach. That's cool, right? You know, and she's over it. She's fine. But, um, but that's pretty neat, right? Hope everybody had a good Labor Day weekend. Labor Day. Uh, we've got student loans on the horizon. And I'm not going to lie, my my wife and I are starting to panic a bit because that's a lot of money that we have to pay every month for the next, let's see, we figured we're going to be done with our loans when Ava is a senior in high school. I'm done November of her senior year. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I've like, I've started hustling myself to do more shows, uh, paid to get paid. Um, and you know, picking up things here and there so that we're not freaking out about, uh, an extra hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month. Uh, so if you, you know, this is a little bit of a shilling of myself. If you, uh, want to hire me, <laughs> I'll do light sound scenery shoot for the right price. I'll do costumes props. I don't think they're going to be good, but I'll do them. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, I'll even like drive to you and stay in your you know, town for a little bit if, if you want to pay me enough to do it. So, uh, happy to do it. Call me, call me, call me privately. Don't call covenant. I mean, covenant can come out and service your stuff, but they're not going to design and that's okay. That's okay. Side gigs. You know what I'm saying? I might even take up a Sunday church gig. Yikes. That's what loans are making me do. Find Jesus. Um, Enough of that. Let's chat with Larry Carpenter. This is a really good interview. Uh, It is episode 210. There's no meaning behind 210, but for me, you know, it's a nice round number, uh, which is why I'm putting Larry here first. He uh, did get an interview after quite a few people have already been interviewed. Uh, Up on the horizon, uh, we've got Chase Owen. We've got two Cody's, two Cody interviews. Um, Got uh, Rhonda. Reed Roberts. Uh, we've got quite a few people coming up, so I'm excited about O'Brianna. Yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, it's I've done a lot of a lot of interviews. TXCTA on the horizon. I'm glad to be able to see some of you there. Uh, not all of you. Not all of you. Looking at you, Bobby. Enjoy this interview. My journey into education um, has really been a, a, a crooked path, honestly, um, and more. Quicker than that, I guess, is, is my journey through uh, theater education and fine arts education in general. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to keep it short and sweet <laughs> and to the point. But, but basically, I, I got my foot in the door with theater uh, in, in high school, and uh, as many of us do. And we were a small little 1A slash 2A. We would fluctuate uh, between those two conferences uh, growing up. And all we really had was one act play. And so uh, my science teacher was actually my one I play director. And um, she got me in as a freshman and I was hooked. And so I loved theater, but it was it, at that point in my life, it was, you know, I only knew one act. 
and it was much more of a hobby and uh, I didn't know everything else that was out there at that, at that point in time. Um, so then, uh, you know, I graduated and, and, and went off to Texas Tech and I was just blood guns ablazing to, uh, to, to becoming a broadcast journalist and uh, with a minor in political science. I was going to go to law school and I was going to get into politics. That was, that was my path, man. That was, that was it. I I had done informative speaking uh, and and prose interp in high school. And, you know, it just was a a natural thing for me. And I liked the political atmosphere, especially at that time. And I I was, that was my journey. That was where I was going, you know? And um, while I was in undergrad, I, I, had decided, you know, I, you know, I've got to take some of these humanities and other classes and things. And so I'm like, well, I like theater. So why not take some theater classes? And, uh, I got the bug again, you know, and, uh, being up at tech, you know, there were just some great people. Dr. George Sorensen, of course, was great. Um, just such an excellent mentor and, and, oh, just how brilliant he was. Uh, but a lot of the, the master students are, are the ones who, you know, touched my classes most specifically. And, um, I, I got into a class with uh, a gentleman and uh, his name escapes me right now, but he, but tech was doing a vessel whorehouse in Texas. And I, you know, having grown up in Baylor country, <laughs> that was just not a thing, right? <laughs> vessel whorehouse. Yeah. We've heard of it, but you can't do that. <laughs> so, um, he happened to be playing the sheriff. And so, of course, all the table work they had done and the research and, and everything that he brought to our little old theater appreciation class, you know, uh, it, it just, uh, it was just intriguing. And I'm like, wow, there, there's this much depth to this? And well, I've missed out. I need more, you know? And, um, and so, of course, getting to, to witness all of that kind of almost firsthand uh, was, was really awesome and, and took me into some more classes while I worked on that broadcast degree. And um, still heading to law school at this point. Uh, but um, I got to work with Victoria Spangler, who's um, been a professor out at uh, Hardin-Simmons. Um, I, I don't know if she's retired yet. Last I looked, she was still there. But uh, she she took me to a, a, a different level uh, with my theater education um, and really entrusted me with some deeper roles and, and parts and things. and. Um, and it, I was like, wow, okay, okay. I really like this. But at that point it was kind of like, I'm too far along and I don't want to turn back now. Um, so I, I continued taking classes and things and, and I, so I double minored, um, with the, the political science and then I, the theater, I just kept taking theater classes. <laughs> I could, the only thing I really didn't get to take were, uh, like, all the classes where there were labs, all the tech stuff, so lighting and, and building and that kind of thing, design. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, um, graduate, um, still got that law school in my mind, but you know, I needed to work as for a little bit. And so, uh, looking for journalism jobs and, and, um, in 1992, December of 1992, those were hard to come by. Um, you know, just, the, the 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 climate at the time, uh, especially coming back to a little bit more conservative area here, um, and, and so I did land a, a a print 
newspaper job, but it was just more of a freelance gig. And so I needed, I needed to supplement the pay. The student loans were about to kick in. And, and so I, I went back to substituting or I started substituting at my old, um, high school, my old school district. And, um, a couple of years of doing that and some other gigs and things, but the long and short of it is that is what led me into education because um, the elementary principal who had been a principal when I graduated, um, she came over for a meeting with the other high school administrators and things. And she says, Larry Carpenter, why aren't you teaching? Man, I'm like, uh, well, because I'm, you know, this, that, the other thing. She's like, no, as much as you poured into your own personal education growing up and then into college, you need to be teaching. And I, I don't think it was until I, the figurative slap across the face that it, it jarred in my brain. Like, why am I fighting this? <laughs> you know, but I, I thought all was lost at that particular point. Alternative certification programs were not plentiful. And, um, there wasn't, you know, the high teacher need like there is now. And I was like, I don't even know where to start. She says, your region service center, region 12 here in Waco, they have a, a new alt-cert program. And here's the phone number. Call them right now. So <laughs> I'm like, okay. So uh, I picked up the phone call, got into their program. And, and at that particular time, um, the only thing I was eligible to get certified in was elementary. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about teaching elementary, but if it's my foot in the door, because um, by this time my mind has shifted to, I want to get to high school. If I'm going to do this education thing. I want to get to high school. I want to do uh, one-act play. I want to teach theater. Uh, and so I started, I, I got my certification and, and I picked up a, a gig out at a small little uh, school out in Hill County um, called Penelope. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Penelope or not, but um, Billy Dragoon, I talk uh, a lot about Penelope because they're still one of the most uh, state-appearing schools, <laughs> you know, uh, or, or they were for a long time. Um, and uh, he's like, man, you taught at Penelope? I'm like, yeah. Um, but I was teaching elementary. And so I, I wasn't the official when I play director or anything. And I just got on the, the bandwagon because they were doing some amazing work. And supported them all the way up to region that year and got to, you know, see a lot of good stuff along the way, uh, witness a lot of good things. But again, we're, you know, we're just talking one act play. Didn't have everything else to choose from. Um, but the next year, the, the man who had assisted uh, Gloria Walton, who phenomenal, was great to learn from. Um, he left and she's like, you want to help me? And I'm like, I would love to, you know, and uh, boy, you talk about taking that, that bug to the next level. <laughs> we got, we got so uh, engaged that year and, and um, it, it was just awesome. The group of kids we had were phenomenal. Uh, we, we typically did comedies and, um, and were successful with those. And we happened to do a little thing called dearly departed that year. And it was, it was early on and it's, it's a uh, release uh, maybe second year. I think we'd seen it actually no. Uh, Gerald, not Gerald, Jewett, Leon was doing it that exact same year, but they were in a different conference. And uh, Sandra over there, Sandra Mullen, she had a totally different take than we did. And it was, hers was hilarious. But lo and behold, um, it got us all the way to Austin. And 
I told the kids going into region because we knew we were we were up against a tough fight. We we were coming across Overton, who at that time was repeat offenders, and I mean that in the, the best sense of the word. Um, and then some other uh, East Texas schools that had just you know had been going to state, going to state, going to state. Um, I told the kids, you know, you get us to state. You just get us to Austin, and I'll let you shave my hair. And at that time, I had a lot more hair than what I do now. And, I, you know, I'll have to say it's a little vanity, <laughs> a little bit of vanity there. Um, and sure enough, they called our name, and we're going off. And so it was, I mean, that elation, that, that, that fun and everything, just, it was incredible. Um, little did I know where that was going to skyrocket me. Um, so I got my head shaved. And um, I, I met some folks that worked here in Waco ISD and Baylor had opened their new lab school and um, it was an elementary as well. And um, there was some interest in me coming to the lab school. And uh, I interviewed and I was bald while I was interviewing. And so getting to explain why I was bald and stuff, I think, helped my cause a little bit and and I, I hated leaving the program there at Penelope because we were we were doing great things and I love teaching out there and still connected to a lot of those families 30 years later um but you know I, I my long-term goal at this point now has become become a high school theater director so I thought this might be a good stepping point um so came there um and then my first year I'm like, we really need to do some theater. And so the GT specialist, myself, my team partner, and our music specialist, we went to our principal and we said, hey, we want to we want to do some theater for these kiddos. And uh, he's like, ah, that theater stuff, it never makes money. I'll spend more money than than we'll make. And blah, blah, blah. You know, it was all about the bottom line. But he was also very kid-centric and willing to try something new and different. And so we each had enough of a of a, a, a spoke in the wheel, so to speak, to bring to the table. And um, we had kids, you know, these were third, fourth, and fifth graders. It was a multi-age classroom setting. Uh, we had kids who were writing an original script. And while they were working on scripts, um, others of us were working on um, set design and set pieces and things, you know, basic flats and all of that. And then, of course, the music teacher was teaching some music. And, and then we tied all those pieces together and we started a, a program called Showtime. And um, it, it that was 1996. And that program still exists in its modern iteration today. And uh, it's really cool looking back on my career. I've just started year 30. And seeing something that I helped start is still in existence to this day. And oddly enough, getting to be the director of fine arts where that school is, is in the district. And so getting to see it from a totally different angle. Um, anyway, so while, while there, I worked on my master's and all of that, but I wasn't ready to get into administration. I, uh, I moved, um, made some connections, and I was able to get a high school job out of China Spring, which is a suburb here in Waco. And, um, that that opened my, my doors for high school directing and we had nothing but a cafetorium at that time and um had a good 
crew of, of kiddos and picked a, a good story for my kids. And uh, we wound up making it all the way to region that year. And it's the first time uh, in, a, in, in a handful of years that, that they, they'd only been to region one other time um, in the modern history of the world. And um, that really started some talking amongst theater, choir, band. That, you know, we really need a facility. If we're going to have these kinds of successes, because our band was rocking, our choir was rocking, we need to have some facilities. And sure enough, the, the school board and the superintendent felt strongly enough that you know, we're going to take out a bond. You know, we're going to go for a bond. And the voters were behind us. And so they started construction of the new building, everything while I was still teaching. We were successful. We, we would advance regularly. Um, and four years in, I kind of got the bug to be at a larger school district. And so I kind of got the bug to come back to Waco ISD. Well, that happened to be the same year that the new facility was opening. <laughs> and so, um, sorry, I told you my journey was a crooked one. <laughs> no, that's good. It's good. No, keep going. Um, and so it was stay for the new building and keep going with what we're going with or have I built it strong enough that they can survive and I can go help build somewhere else. And ultimately I, I came back to Waco and I was uh, teaching at university high school and um, it was a 4A, you know, a upper size 4A uh, when I first came back and we moved into 5A while I was there. And, uh, you know, we modicum of success, but again, cafetorium stage. The lighting panel that we had, the controls, when you moved the levers, there were literally sparks that flew out from underneath the unit. <laughs> so we were like, this is just not working. Um, moved into administration uh, there after a few years. And um, through a line, uh, folks, we wound up getting Glenn Price. Uh, that's a familiar name to some of your listeners, I'm sure. Um, Glenn had actually been at a competitive school district as a student when I was at China Spring as a director. And he tells the story that we hated you, Larry Carpenter. We hated you. Cause we, <laughs> I don't, I guess, I don't know. I, I don't think I was, you know, came across crass or rude or anything, but I, um, there were times where we had events and they didn't. And, um, I, I, I don't know, you know, he's like, but I, I see it's different now. I see it's different. <laughs> So, uh, so I brought him on and, uh, well, Kendra Willoughby, that's another name. Uh, she's, she's down there in Houston area at Foster and, um, she, she had come in and after I, I went out of the classroom, she started and taking the, the kids to a different level. Uh, and then Glenn came on board and man, it was just fun watching them grow. And to the point that the school district went out for a bond to build a whole new school with a performing arts facility. And bond passes, building gets built, building's going to open in the fall of 2011, and I get named principal <laughs> at my old elementary school where I taught in Waco at Baylor's Lab School. And so I didn't get to work in the new building there either. Um, and then I was principal in the old, old school, um, and again, the Showtime project was still going strong. Um, then moved into central administration after two years, and worked with advanced academics and then uh philip morgan who was my immediate predecessor um he zigzagged around and then took a job down at goose creek and that same night both of our boss uh, both of us had the same boss she called me up said hey philip's gonna be um 
leave it as, and I know fine arts is your, your world. Do you want to consider the fine arts director job? And, um, I moved into that role in 20, uh, fall of 2015 and I've been in it ever since. And it's, um, just awesome to be in a position not only to, to support the world of theater, but all the music programs and, and the visual arts and, and even the drill team, <laughs> you know, um, just having a hand in, in all of that now. And here we are starting year 30 and, uh, I mean that that's all just the teaching journey. <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna take a breath and let you get a word in. <laughs> hey, the people have heard enough from me after two hundred plus episodes. So uh well that's that's fun. You know, there were a couple things I already kind of knew about you, because uh, I have a really great research team. Um it's you know, of one. But uh uh you <laughs> You, you said you were a principal for two years. I did not know that you were an elementary school principal for two years. Um, yep. What? So I, I have an administrative certification as well uh, with, the, you know, with that came with my master's. Um, right. But I, when I was interning, I was interning at the high school level and uh, uh, didn't go, obviously didn't go into administration because, you know, to be completely frank high school administrators deal with issues more than they get to deal with kind of the the fun things right you know yeah they get to go to football games and athletic you know athletic events and fine arts events and things and those are fun but even those are you're on duty right you know it's like if you're only there if there's a problem uh and so um as an elementary school principal I, I hear, you know, yes, you are there for some discipline things, but it's also, um, from what I've, what I understand, it's a, just a little more fun, uh, to be yeah. an elementary school principal. So what, for you, what were some of the kind of like, um, fun moments or, or things that maybe you didn't realize were going to be so joyous in that, uh, you know, in that part of your career? I'll tell you, man, uh, you know, having been an elementary teacher for some of my career, you know, I, I know that the kids are loving and that kind of thing, but I taught mostly upper elementary and didn't really deal much with like pre-K through second grade and being in a position where you got to see all of those kids on a regular basis, the love, man, the love and the passion those kids had walking in that building every day. I mean, it, it made it easy to get up and go and do your job, you know? Um, and then the other allure, honestly, for me was being able to go back to a campus where I'd actually worked as an educator yeah. um, and still seeing, like I said, the theater program there that we had started still going strong. And some of the teachers I worked alongside, I was now their supervisor. And, um, you know, that, that brings some unique challenges in and of itself, but it really gave us the opportunity, I think, um, to propel the mission of the school forward. Um, and and, you know, I was only there a short time, but, um, it it really gave me, um, a different sense of things because I had been as an assistant principal there for a while at the high school. And like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, buses, books and butts uh, is the old phrase. Um, and we had some, we had a good crew and, and, and things, uh, fellow administrators, but, being bum one in charge, um, 
and, and I, I use that term loosely because I, I'm just not that kind of a leader. I'm very much a collaborative leader where I try to be. And um, working alongside such passionate educators and then having a phenomenal family group and a community group and then having the extra piece of, of Baylor University um, and what that brought to the table. Man, it just, like I said, just the love yeah. uh, and care and just honest living, good, honest living that was in that building. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want people to think, well, they had Baylor. Well, so it was, you know, it was just gravy. But no, we, we had kids from all over the entire district right. and it's a magnet school campus. And so, um, that was another unique situation you know, that I got to see kids from all over the district and they wanted to learn kids kids came in with love in their hearts and learning on their minds and um we we just tried our best to, to give them the best we could each and every day yeah I, I worked alongside some really excellent excellent teachers there yeah yeah I, I shared this story I don't know when this version of the story is going to go out but I shared it with somebody else I interviewed and I don't remember who it's been, it's been a couple of weeks, but, um, when my daughters started school this year, there was a clear night and day of the elementary world and the now my oldest in middle school with one adult out there, you know, moving cars along where his elementary school it was like the entire faculty is out, you know, and they know my daughter by name and it's like, they're, you know, they're wearing, uh, streamers and you know it's just like a totally it's just more fun I mean they really make it I guess when you are that age you have to think that education is fun it's you know that this is a place to be and so the whoever is you know I know each school is different but whoever is at my daughter's school is doing a really good job of making sure that's an environment it sounds like you kind of uh as the collaborative leader um would kind of did the same thing so yeah it's it, yeah i'm sorry no go 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 <laughs> uh you're you know it's um being a long time educator and having worked in so many different facets of the of the the business and the profession um it it, it kind of it was a little shocking to me honestly when i came from those initial six years of elementary teaching into the high school world that we we didn't do it the same way <laughs> you know like School should be fun. It should be fun all the way up. And, you know, I think that's what's always kind of drawn me back to the fine arts world because, you know, athletics and fine arts are the, the two biggest reasons why kids continue to come to school. And, um, you know, we get them hooked in. Of course, they need to remain eligible so they can compete in the various things and, and be part of those all the, the, the fun stuff. Um, and so, you know, they'll work to get their other classes and things done. And, and I don't know, I guess I've just always approached teaching from day one. Of, you know, this needs to be a fun and engaging, rich atmosphere. And it's my job. I mean, that's, that's my job to, to give that opportunity uh, out to my kids. Funnily enough, um, I was at a school board meeting tonight, but um, I had done some work today where I had to use uh, some Sharpies. And I, I, I was noticing while I was sitting at the meeting before we got started, I had Sharpie marks all over my hands. And I'm like, this takes me back. I mean, it takes me back to like when I would go home and I had Visa V marker all over me yeah. 
yeah, my clothes, my tie, my shirt, everything. I'm like, man, I worked hard today. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, that sounds like all I did was work piece or something, but, but, uh, but you know, you just, you were wearing your stripes, so yeah. to speak. And, and, um, yeah, it, that always, it always felt like a, an excellent day yeah. when you could go home and you're like, man, yeah, I'm wearing, I'm wearing my stripes. I, I worked for my kids today. That's what it's all about. I mean, I, if you're if you're in education for anything other than the kids, then I I would say welcome out. Yeah. <laughs> Come on out. Yeah. Because you're not do, you're not doing anybody good. You're not you're not doing any good for yourself. You're definitely not doing any good for your kids. I I remember my mom taught uh, sixth grade math in the seventies, eighties, and early part of the nineties, and always had an overhead projector and had those same marker marks on her hands and you know sometimes it would fall into her lap and so she'd have a little mark on her you know on her pants or dress or whatever so yeah that's uh that's pretty funny that you say that but uh keep keeping on that elementary uh train for a little bit just selfishly asking because i i've just now started teaching an acting class for fourth through eighth graders and it's pretty much fourth and fifth graders they're not a lot of anything else uh, and we're taking on the task of writing a script and they're going to perform this script in 10 weeks. And, but I've never done that before. So, uh, you, it, I know you probably have lots of tips and tricks. You know, you want the kids to have the ownership, right? right? And you, you want them to feel, um, like this is a hundred percent. We did this and that's a really good age that you've got there. We, um, I will say, um, <laughs> As the adults of the group, we would typically get together and brainstorm just kind of some ideas and thoughts. And and in brainstorming sessions then with the kids, mm-hmm. kind of, hey, what about? Have you thought about this? Or what do you think about this? Or that kind of thing. And and so there would maybe be a, a just kind of a general idea in the adult's heads and kind of help guide the children, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. in, in that direction a little bit. We always, something that always worked well for us, we either, I mean, we, we wrote original scripts, but there was typically some literary document that, that we tied in as well. So whether it was, um, you know, a, a book or a play or um, screenplay or anything like that, mm-hmm. you know, so, so just places for the kids to have jumping off points. Okay. Um, Really good brainstorming sessions guide those questions um, to, to where you think it might be feasible, <laughs> you know, to get to yeah. uh, storyboard and or you know outlining those kinds of things, and then just start breaking it down. And you you know you have the kids. Um, we we would have the kids pair up um, or or trio up, just depending on how many groups were together that day, and. Um, they would they would brainstorm together and, and work on a you know you're okay you're in charge of scene three and you've got four or whatever and so we might have all this what seemingly is this uh, non continuity but then that finesse then is where we would come in and right. fine tune at the end but ultimately as long as we knew where the kids knew where we were trying to get to then they they could get us there right you know? and uh, and and. It, it took a little patience in the beginning for sure for yeah. sure and uh, uh, but we we, we kind of it kind of became a, a thing like the the whole school would, would get involved to help on show nights and things and then 
as we were developing the script and all uh, the you know, the kids would be so excited about what they were doing and they would get their younger siblings like, when I get to be, I'm going to get to do that, you know, and that kind of thing. So yeah. as with any, any program or any opportunity or whatever, once you, once you've kindled the flames and, and, uh, and started that fire, it, it tends to spread. And I only, again, only mean that in a good sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> I know we're a little, we're a little dry out there right now. So yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, hyperbole. I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, uh, kind of working a little backwards, I guess, but, um, you mentioned that you weren't able to take those tech classes at tech, right? The, 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 um, lab style classes. So as far as tech was tech theater, not Texas tech, uh, as far as tech theater was concerned, like over the years, what did you end up kind of becoming proficient at? Did you become proficient at anything tech or, uh, and then kind of how did you end up doing that? What was your, what was your way of, was it not to keep bringing up fire, but was it just like putting your feet to the fire type thing or, uh, some of that, yeah. 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 Some of that. Um, I, um, uh, I honestly had finally found another theater family, if you will, in our community theater. And we were very fortunate that while I was involved with them uh, as an actor, primarily, we had an excellent tech director. And so I learned a lot of, of what I needed for tech by working with, with Terry. And, um, man, he was just good. And, and, you know, everything from, like I say, building flats and then simple, what is now to me simple stuff like that to to texturing walls and and creating, you know, illusions with light and, and those kinds of things. He just was phenomenal. So I picked up a lot of tips that way. Uh, and then once I was able to get actually in the classroom, um, went to a lot of professional development yeah. uh, specific to the tech world. I'm, I'm like, I, I kind of had a good grasp on the acting world. Uh, I needed to, to shore up my tech stuff and, and my theater history stuff, too, honest, yeah. to be honest with you. But, but um, that's kind of how I did that. Yeah. And, um, those things are still paying off to this day because yeah. I, I can work around my house and I'm like, eh, I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I always, yeah. I always tell my sister and I've said this before too, but you know, she'll ask me to do something around her house and I'll be like, you got to understand I, I was trained to build things to last for weeks, not forever. So, uh, <laughs> if this falls apart on you after a couple months, I, I warned you. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so exactly. you, real quick, did the head shaving thing become a tradition at all or what? Okay. Was it just a no. one and done? Yeah. <laughs> it was a one and done. <laughs> I, I was younger and foolish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, By the time we got around to that again, I was like, ah, I'm not going to offer that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, no, I never came back around to it, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the hair dying. People bleach their hair now. Like that seems to be a, a popular thing, a, a team thing, I guess. Um, couple uh, more, couple more things. And then I have two kind of fun questions and I'll get you out of here. Uh, you, you mentioned the, the journalism side of you. Uh-huh. So my father was in radio, so I completely understand the struggle of not, um, being able to find a job in journalism, was there something kind of specific? You mentioned the the newspaper side when you said it. Maybe I'm re- uh, hearing things, but it didn't sound like that was the goal. Uh, what was 
when you say the journalism side, what was the goal? Was it television, radio? Was it, was it TV or I mean, a newspaper? Was it magazines at the time? You know, what was it for you? It was, it was going to, I wanted to be until I decided to, to do the law school thing. Uh, I wanted to work on a TV station either as an anchor reporter or something like that. Uh, again, because I had what I thought were excellent aspirations to get into politics and thank goodness that I went down a different path, um, especially looking back on things. Um, so I, I wanted to, to really dig into you know, maybe like political reporting, those kinds of things. And, and you know, you have to start small scale a lot of times. Um, and I had done a lot of internships and things and thought I'd made some really good connections, but, um, again, there were just some environmental yeah. political yeah. environmental pieces that, that, that prevented me from being able to launch in into that. And so, uh, like I say that the newspaper gig came up, but it was, it was a freelance gig and I got paid by the story yeah. and it was, a um, and it was fine. I mean, I, it was still journalism. So I was like, okay, this, this is still good. But because I was doing more of what we call the fluff pieces or the feature stories. Um, and it was in a smaller community when schools let out for the summer, a yeah. lot of the stories died out too, right. because the, the full-time reporters or even the staff reporters, they got a lot of the stories first. Right. And then the freelancers, got whatever was left. Right. And, um, yeah, so, uh, it was just going to be honestly a stepping stone. Right. Um, I was looking to do that for maybe two, three years. And then by that point, you know, be established in whatever community I was living in and start, start the political journey right. or, or head back to law, law school. school. And, uh, yeah. Was there a particular, the was there a particular <laughs> event that made you go towards politics at the time or a, a person or, uh, you know, Henry Kissinger, always, was it Henry Kissinger? You can just say it. <laughs> no, it was not. It wasn't Henry. It wasn't Henry Kissinger. No. Um, you know, not. I really. I can't say it's one person. Yeah. I, I think um, I had just always been kind of coming back around to the the principle that had encouraged me to get certified to begin with. Right. Um, I got into student government when I was in high school, gotcha. and. Then I was in student council and student council led to some, you know, regional type um, places as in positions. And then uh, some of the organizations I was in, I'd ran for some region and state offices there. And so I, it just, it kind of became part of the system, I, right. I guess. Um, and it felt right and it felt good. And, um, and I've always been kind of a person who, who wants to give back and give of myself and, and I thought you know, what better place to do that than uh, you know in some political position somewhere um, I never had aspirations like making it all the way to president right, or anything right. like that but you know just something at the local possibly state level um, at, at one point in time then I don't know man uh, the, the like I say the, the road just took a real sharp left and <laughs> and here I am you yeah. know and that's and that's okay. And I'm glad. I mean, it, it, it was the journey I should have been on to begin with, but just didn't know it at the time. You you do not need to comment on this. I don't want you to comment on this, but I, I will say getting into central admin is eerily similar to getting into politics. 
you don't need to say a thing. So the next question, uh, you mentioned that your science teacher was, mm-hmm. or, or the science teacher was the one act play teacher. That is, I've, again, I've done a few hundred of these now. That's the first time I've, I, I've, you know, I've, I've interviewed a lot of people that come, came from 1A and 2A in the smaller schools that had an English teacher, which makes quote unquote sense, right? I, I don't mean to right. diminish a science teacher, but normally you don't hear about science teachers being the one that the, right. the principal goes to and says, Hey, do you want to direct? <laughs> so right, uh, right. what, what was it? Why the science teacher at the time, do you even know their background or? Yeah, I do yeah. actually. Um, yeah, Miss Wilson, Shirley Wilson, she's still with us. Um, and uh, her background, honestly, she had lived out in California when she was younger, and she'd actually been on the Lawrence Welch show oh. as like one of the dancers and singers and stuff. Okay. And so it was like, uh, you know, <laughs> of course, it was a lot harder then to come across. Uh, copies and, and, and film of that and stuff, but now you, you yeah. can find her. I'm like, oh, that's Miss Wilson, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it pretty awesome. But uh, I, you know, uh, our English teacher was just. She's like, I had done the one act thing, um, ready to just really be in the classroom, raise my child, and and have my family and stuff. And and Miss um, Wilson stepped up. Yeah, yeah. I've done a little theater in my life, a little TV. I'll try it. <laughs> That's funny. That's really good. Yeah. That's, that's a good story. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to get you out of here on these last two uh, kind of fun questions and you can elaborate. You don't have to just answer with one word, but uh, you mentioned you got the acting thing. You kind of knew your, you knew your way around. You did community theater. What was, <laughs> what has been to this point, your favorite role that you've played? I'm glad you asked me that. Honestly, because uh, I, I thought, this might come up. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've gotten the fortune of being able to play this role twice. And I, I know the play itself uh, may be a little more uh, uh, difficult to produce without proper education going into it. But um, we did The Foreigner, mm-hmm. and I got to play Charlie Baker, the lead. I got to play The Foreigner. And I fortunately, both times I did the show, had directors who just kind of let me go. Yeah. And so when we got to the point of Charlie taking down the antagonist and everything, you know, I just, it, it was, it was wild <laughs> and it was fun. And I was sweating and drenched and bug eyed and just, ah, you know, Charlie lost his stuff every night. Yeah. It was great. It was great. And, uh, Man, I was never in better shape because that role really <laughs> took a lot out of me physically, and uh, I just I, it, it was fun, yeah. and and I, I love the meat of that story, and um, and you know everybody thinks you know it's called a foreigner, and everybody thinks it's really about Charlie, but it's really about Betty's journey, you know the the old lady, uh, the old lady character, and when you look at it from that point of view, it really brings a different twist to that show. Right. Um, that's fine, man. And I got to do it twice. Now I'm way too old for that character, but golly, if, if I had to do it all over again, I'd do it again. I'd do it again. <laughs> how, how far in between did you play him? Like how many years? Oh, gosh. Uh, it was about 10 years, I guess. Okay. Nine to 10 years. Yeah, we, it really originally was, the first time I got to do it was not on the slate for the season because it was the 50th anniversary season of our community theater. And so they were doing, you know, favorites from the past sure. or whatever. 
and um, I, something happened with getting the rights uh, to the show they were going to end the season with, and so they're like, "Well, we've heard about this show, you know," and and the the executive director at the time is like, "I've I've actually had the opportunity of." having directed this before and I'm like, well, interestingly enough, <laughs> so have I at that point. And so, uh, you know, and, and, and honestly, another thing I'd always kind of played older roles, uh, I guess maybe just my energy, you know, how yeah. I came off to all of my directors and stuff, but um, getting to play, you know, such the journey that Charlie goes on. And being in good hands with with the two directors I worked with, both both came at it a little differently, but um, like I say, they just they just let me go. Yeah. And and when we tell our kids about you know keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, and if you go too far, I won't pull you back. You know it, that's that's what what we aim for. Just every night during rehearsals and things, and um, um, and the audience. I, there's people to this day, and, and I'm. I don't know. It makes me turn a little red to think about, but there's people in this community to this day that will come and go, I remember when you played <laughs> that little foreign guy, you know, or whatever. and I'm like, mm, yeah, that was a while back now. But, uh, and I'm like, how do you remember that? Oh, it was just so much fun. We had so much fun. We came to the theater that night, and, you know, whether we're doing dramas or comedies or classical or, or, you know, period piece, whatever, if we do our jobs as actors and directors and, and crew and the audience enjoys what they've come to see and gets to go on a journey with you for, you know, hour and a half to three hours sometimes, <laughs> sometimes four, uh, not anymore, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, then we've done our job and, and those are the things that stick with you. And so I think that's why getting to play Charter Baker, Baker in the foreigner we had fun every night and the audience did too. Minor win.